Welcome into a Monday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, let's overreact to the Falcons' preseason victory on Friday night. Mike Rothstein is going to join me. He is the Falcons' beat reporter for ESPN.com. And we got a huge one coming tonight. It all starts. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome in on this Monday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. 3,000 subscribers. Man, we thank you greatly. In just a few months' time, we've hit 3,000 subscribers. We thank you greatly for that. We know that number is going to grow exponentially as we're in football season here. So put Locked On Sports Atlanta in your search browser. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Of course, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Let's overreact, right? Falcons win a preseason game. We don't see many of these, right? It's It's been a disaster the last few years in preseason for the Atlanta Falcons, but they found a way to win 27-23 on the road against the Detroit Lions. Look, are the Falcons going to go 23-0 and now? They're going to win their other preseason games, win all the regular season games, win all the playoff games, right? 23-0 and would be the bar, right? How close to 23 wins can the Falcons get? I kid and all that stuff. But look, there were some good things to take out of all of it, right? We talked about some of the things on Friday that we were looking for. I wanted the offense to rush for 100 yards in that game, okay? Well, the Falcons did that, right? They ran for 100, um, 168 yards in the game. Now, a lot of that, half of that was from your quarterbacks, okay? So obviously a different dimension element. But you got, you know, almost 100 yards, got in, you know, the high 80s from just your running backs. And more importantly, in totality, your running backs were over four yards a carry. You were 5.8 yards per carry. That was something else that we were looking at, right? I wanted a turnover. They caused two turnovers, one that led to the game-winning drive. I thought, yeah, can we get a sack? They got a sack. I thought there was a lot of good things to build on in this game. Are there things that they have to work on? Yeah, there are things that they have to work on, right? That's why I'm picking them to be a six-win team. There are things that they have to fix and get right. Now, there were some frustrations, okay? At times, Jalen Mayfield is a very frustrating player, right? And, you know, we'll talk to Mike Rothstein coming up here, and we'll, we'll get his thoughts about it. But frustrating. There's that meme out there of him laying down on his belly, you know, on one of those plays. Um, Drake London going out, right? Being injured. Eh, okay. You know, he dealt with some of this at Southern Cal, right? Remember, he missed, you know, the, the end of last season because of injury. And, you know, we were told he's good to go in this and the other, which he probably is. But I, I, I'm i probably done with playing Drake London at this point until they line up against the, the Saints on September 11th, right? I mean, with all due respect, I don't need anything more out of London. You know, I don't need him to get hurt or anything like that. So there were some frustrating things. You know, the center position is still, uh, you know, this, that, and the other. Did the Falcons kind of consistently get a pass rush going? Eh, you know, Ebicady had some nice moments. I thought they did some good things. But still, you know, they, they allowed the line, especially on that opening drive, right, which was kind of head-scratching that, 
know, opening drive, Detroit marches right downfield and scores a touchdown. It was another thing. You know, I wanted to hold them to one touchdown. All right, well, they put up a few touchdowns in that game. But, look, here's the reality, okay? This is going to be a challenging football team. And I like the fact that they were in a let's go for it, let's win kind of mode. Now, we'll talk more about this in just a second. But first, let me talk about my folks over at betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. BetOnline.net is super easy to use. You got boxing, you got NFL now, we got college football coming up. And oh, yeah, we are dead square in the middle of August pennant races, right? All kinds of stuff that you can go to right now to BetOnline.net, get all of your sports wagering information, live betting, esports scores, everything there is right there in the palm of your hand. Head to the website today, use that mobile device, learn more about the trends and the action on BetOnline.net. It is where the game starts. But look, we know it's going to be probably a tough year for the Atlanta Falcons. I thought the quarterbacks played well enough, right? But listen, if their offensive scheme is going to be quarterback run and go run for your life, neither of those guys is going to last through four weeks of the season. So there are things that they have to tighten up. But I thought one of the things that you saw about this team and the offense, you know, they ran it a total of 29 times in the game. And they had a total of 24 passes in the game. That shift, right, of offensive philosophy, and I think we'll see more of this as we move through the preseason. I've always said, until Matt and those guys leave, you know, when Matt Ryan leaves, then we can talk about offensive philosophy. Because as long as Matt Ryan's here, you're a pass-heavy, pass-first offense. You don't have a guy that's thrown for 57,000 yards in the league, can't turn and hand it off to people. New time, new era, that commitment to the run. You know, early on in that game, in that first drive, 10 of the 12 plays in that first quarter were running plays. That commitment to the run. They may not run it well at times, okay? They're going to have their ups and downs. I don't think anybody really separated themselves at running back. Obviously, there's still some questions about the middle of their offensive line, right? But if they'll stay committed. Bill Parcells always talked about the number one thing he looked on the stat sheet at the end of the game was how many rushing attempts did we have? He didn't look at yards. He didn't look at yards per carry. Didn't look at touchdowns. Didn't look at passing yards. He didn't look at all that stuff. The first thing he talked about is I always look to see how many rushing attempts did we have in a game. That's because he wants to see what your commitment to the run was. I think that's the thing we're going to see about Arthur Smith is that there is going to be a refocus on running the football now. And again, there'll be some successes, there'll be some misses and things like that, because your offensive line's got to get figured out, your running backs have to sort themselves out. I thought Kadri Allison showed himself well. Why? He was one of the guys that we talked about the other day. He had five carries for 33 yards. I thought he did some good things, and I'm hoping he makes the football team. I thought Felipe Franks did some good things as well. I think he's got a real shot to make the 53-man roster, right? And he's you're really kind of your third tight end at this point. I think he's got a real shot to make the roster. Obviously, emergency quarterback, and I wonder how much, if at all, we'll see him in the preseason. But emergency quarterback, third tight end, I think he's done some good things. And watching him in camp and then watching him on Friday, I think he's earning his way onto the 53-man roster. So I was, you know, pleasantly surprised. Defensively, you know, look, they've got some things to work out as far as they got to find a way to get to the quarterback consistently, right? I thought Ebicady did some things. 
Ogan Deji only played like seven snaps in the game, so didn't really get a chance to do a whole lot. But it was a little bit frustrating to watch that opening drive and watch from the standpoint of the, the Falcons defense get shredded, right? I mean, especially the run defense got shredded on that play. You know, they got blocked out. Ebicady got kind of taken out on that play. But by and large, there's a lot of good to take away from it. Now, their next preseason game is a week from tonight, right? They'll be up in New York to take on the Jets and then quick turnaround. They'll play next Monday and then Saturday will be the, fi- the following Saturday will be the final preseason game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. By the way, too, Mercedes-Benz, they got an open practice tonight. So if you want to head down to Mercedes-Benz, head to AtlantaFalcons.com, get your $5 ticket, okay? You can go to open practice so tonight. It starts at 6.30. I will be down there. I'm going to be broadcasting my radio show uh, on the field. Uh, so, um, you know, if, you wanna, if you've never been to Mercedes-Benz, you want to watch the Falcons open practice tonight. Just a quick hit uh, there, 5 bucks at AtlantaFalcons.com. But I was excited. I, I was excited for the mentality. They wanted to win that football game. And we talked about winning. You know, say what you will, but when you're not a good football team, right, you have to take little blips and bleeps. Look, if the Packers go 0-4 or 0-3, excuse me, in the preseason, nobody's going to care because they got Aaron Rodgers and all those guys. They're going to be a 13-win team, right? If Tampa goes 0-4 and Brady doesn't play, play well, yeah, they'll blow it up because, oh, my God, Brady's you know not playing well. But who cares? They're still one of the best teams in the NFC. This is not one of the better teams in the NFC. So I thought there was a lot of good to build on. I thought Tease Tabor played well. I thought that there were some good individual performances. I like the transition into our offensive mindset and philosophy. And I like the fact that they were aggressive and wanted to go and win that football game. All right, when we come back, we will get the beat writer for ESPN.com, Michael Rothstein's thoughts on what the Falcons looked like and what his takeaways were. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button for Locked On Sports Atlanta. 3,000 subscribers. Appreciate you all so much for being a part of our growing community. Free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review and then hit me up on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Today's show is brought to you by our great friends over at Coffee AM, coffeeam.com. You know, they have the best small batch coffee roaster in America, local right here to Georgia, up in Canton. You know how much I love these folks. I drink their coffee every single day. You're looking for organic. You're looking for flavored coffee. You need K-Cups. Whatever it is that you need, head to coffeeam.com. And here's what we got going on. If you head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, go there, take a look at their extensive menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. When you get that first order put together, get to the checkout, put the coupon code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, put that coupon code at the checkout, get 15% off that first order. Coffeeam.com is the best small batch coffee roaster in America. We welcome into the show the man who covers all things Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. ESPN.com is where you can check out all of his work. My buddy Mike Rothstein is joining us here. Of course, you can always follow Mike on his personal Twitter page, at Mike Rothstein. And, Mike, it was a successful Friday night. Look, say what you will. I understand it's preseason. But for a team that's not used to winning at this time of the year, we'll take whatever we can get. (laughs) I guess. By the way, that was the longest read I think I've ever heard. I just want to start there. Somebody who has to do reads occasionally also, that that was a long read. I, I sat through a lot there. Uh, yeah, I talked about it a little bit on my podcast, which is called From the Perch. Uh, you should all download and subscribe to that as well a little bit today. And 
what you saw on Friday night was a good first step. But understand this. Everything that you see in the preseason, especially from starters in preseason one when they played all of one series, take it with a grain of salt. Like, you have to. You can get excited all you want, and that's great. And Desmond Ritter looked good despite the numbers. Like, you know, there were four drops and one designed throw pass out of bounds. And so those numbers would have been a little bit better, even at, say, half those balls were caught. It's above 50%, you know, almost trending towards 60%. So you look at that and you say, okay, that's good, but understand that mostly came against backups, not starters. But I thought the seeds were there for Desmond Ritter to, to grow, and it was a good development point for Desmond Ritter. The coaches seemed to believe that. Desmond Ritter seemed to believe that. I, I thought that there were a lot of positives to take from it, but again, take it with a grain of salt, right? Like their defense, also in the negative vein too. I mean, their defense got shredded by the Lions starters, but you don't get too concerned about that yet either because, again, one drive, not scheming, not rushing. Yeah, Quentin Bell in there for part of that. And I don't anticipate Quentin Bell being a starter for the Falcons, for instance. You know, you figure Arnold Abiquete is probably going to be in that rotation. They hope D'Angelo Malone will be in the rotation at edge rusher. So I look at some of that and I say, yeah, sure. They look good. Fun game. Entertaining preseason game, which is better than the majority of preseason games I've watched between Detroit and Atlanta, uh, the two cities that I have worked in covering the NFL. But I, I wasn't getting too excited one way or another based off of what I saw just because of the reality of the small sample size, I would say, that, that's out there. So obviously about half the rushing yards came from the two quarterbacks. And obviously it's a different dimension than what Matt Ryan brought. But realistically, how much do you think Arthur Smith is going to incorporate that aspect of his quarterbacks being able to run in the actual offense itself. Well, I mean, certainly more than last year. Like, that, that's a given, right? Because both those guys have those skill sets. But don't forget, too, this can offer, even if it's not strict running, where they take off and they scramble, offers more opportunity for designed rollouts, for designed bootlegs, which have run pass option to it potentially. Like there's there's a lot more unpredictability when you've got a quarterback that you know can take off. And I thought Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter both looked good <clears throat> running the ball on Friday night. Now, again, you probably don't want to see Mariota take some of the hits that he took. That to me was another thing that like we're talking about what you looked at positive and negative. Slide, man. Like, seriously, like, yeah, you've been in the league long yeah. enough. Like, just, just slide. You don't need to be taking those hits in week one of the preseason. Like, I, I get you maybe want to prove something, but you don't have anything to prove. You have the starting job right now. Like, that's not going to get taken away from you necessarily if you, you slide. Like, Arthur Smith's not going to penalize you there. So, I look at it and I say, okay, that is something that we all knew they were going to add dimensionally to the offense. And I think there's so much that can happen there because all of a sudden RPO becomes a lot more threatening. You do have the threat of a designed run for a quarterback, which again, things that you didn't have last year. And I think that opens things up for the running backs and maybe makes life easier for the wide receivers and the tight ends as well. Though one group of people that might struggle a little more with it now are the offensive linemen because you don't necessarily know, always know, where your quarterback's going to be, but you get used to it. And, you know, I've talked to offensive linemen who have mobile quarterbacks before, and they've all said that, like, you figure it out and you just become accustomed to it. 
So let's talk about the offensive line for a minute. And obviously there's the meme going around. You saw Jalen Mayfield, you know, dropping down. He's laying on the ground. I mean, let's. I let's thought he had a good game, John. I do. I, I thought against backups, he had a good game, man. Like, uh, you know, and I've been hard on Jalen Mayfield throughout camp. I mean, he's, he struggled until he took a couple of days off to fix that back injury. And we don't know how much that back was really affecting him that first 10 days of camp or so. Right. But I thought, again, against backups, again, small sample size, although we played a lot of snaps, I thought he he looked okay. You know, I, I don't think he's unseating Elijah Wilkinson tomorrow, but I thought that there was, again, promise there after a really rough start to camp. What do you think we learned about the center battle? Um, what do you think about Caleb McGarry? What, what do we kind of learn about those couple of positions that we know are sort of up for grabs, if you will? All right, so for, here's the first thing, right? Let's be honest. Right tackle is not up for grabs. It's not. I know everybody wants it to be like, that's the big thing. But Caleb McGarry has literally taken every first team rep all camp. He has. So maybe eventually they'll give Jermaine Afidi a shot if they don't like what they see. Or maybe they just get him in there a little bit to, to get him some work next to Chris Lindstrom, just in case. But right now it feels for all intents and purposes like Caleb McGarry is the guy at right tackle. Now there's still three weeks that obviously can change. You've got two sets of joint practices, two more preseason games. I'll all be surprised if we see starters much in like preseason three, um, especially because you've got preseason two and preseason three, the Monday night game and then a Saturday game. Like you're, I don't think you're going to be doing that to starters. There's no need to do that in my opinion. So we'll see how Arthur Smith handles that. But I think McGarry has had a good camp. Center is wide open right now. You know, you looked at it yesterday. Drew Dahlman was the center yesterday. We'll see what happens tonight at the open practice. They've legitimately been rotating it day by day. I think both guys have had their strong moments. Both guys have had their weak moments. And I think they're going to roll with it until they figure out who they want there. Now, do I think they're going to play rotating centers in week one? And we saw, remember we saw that a little bit last yeah. season. No, I, I don't think that that's, that's certainly not ideal. And at some point you have to make a decision if you're Arthur Smith. And if they're that close, you just got to pick a guy. And I don't know who they would pick in that situation. Drew Dahlman is their draft pick. So they have a little bit more invested there as Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith, but Matt Hennessy's only, you know, not that much older. So if you think Hennessy's the guy, you go with Hennessy, uh, you know, and Dahman becomes your top backup at center and, and maybe even your top backup at guard too, along with Jalen Mayfield, you know, that they can kind of battle that out for that, that uh, sixth line or the fourth interior lineman spot. So those are things that I think you're still looking at, but to me, that's still a toss up. It's frankly, probably the only true toss up as of this moment on the roster where only one guy will really play. Like there's still questions at running back at receiver, et cetera, et cetera. So let's talk about receiver. Drake London goes out with a knee injury. We heard from Arthur saying that he probably won't be back this week, which is fine, but how kind of frustrating is it? I mean, obviously they want to get all of these young guys in the mix and things like that. You expect that we'll see him by the third preseason game. I I would not play Drake. I, Drake to me, to me, you don't need to play Drake London until week one of the regular season. Like you don't, you saw, he got a little bit of a taste. You saw, you've seen what he can do in practices. Ideally, if you can get him back for joints against Jacksonville, 
and get him a little bit of work there, great. But you don't need to put him out there in a third preseason game, especially if, and I don't know whether Arthur is going to play any starters or not in that third preseason game, but why would you? Because let's say, let's for argument's sake, and we don't know the exact extent of this injury, but let's say he got hurt in preseason three. Well, then all of a sudden you're in danger of week one or not being fully ready for week one. That's what matters. I don't care what anyone says. The reality is this. The number one goal of preseason is to get out of preseason healthy. That is it. Like, as long as, unless you're fighting for a job. You know, if you're back into the roster guy, it's a different conversation. But if you're a starter, if you're a locked-in starter, like we, like Drew Lund- like Drew Lund- Drake London, like Kyle Pitts, your whole goal, Cordero Patterson, get to week one healthy. Like, so whatever you have to do to get there, that's what you do. So if I'm the Falcons, I'm very cautious with Drake London. I don't mess around with it. And if you listen between the lines of what Arthur Smith said on Sunday when he said he's had a really good camp, he got a taste, we're going to be cautious. Like, to me, that is very much, hey, stick with Drake London, put him in bubble wrap, see him in week one, at least for games. Last question for you, Mike. Do you expect Franks to get any run at quarterback in the preseason? And can he make the 53? I do think he'll get some run at some point, a quarterback, yes. Just if for nothing else than to get him some reps there and maybe get the Falcons out of a game if they need to. Uh, and in terms of does he make the 53? Yeah, I think he does. Uh, I think he's an intriguing option in multiple spots. I think if you expose him to waivers, someone might definitely – someone might take a chance on him. You, you've seen it with Logan Thomas when he made his conversion. seen it with some other guys. So to me, yeah. I think there's absolutely a chance that – a pretty good chance that Felipe Franks is on this 53-man roster. Mike Rothstein covers the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. ESPN.com is where you check out his work. Tell us again where the podcast is, Mike. Yeah, the podcast is From the Perch, Spotify, Apple. Really, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. So come hang out, download, subscribe. We've been going every day during training camp, and we'll go back to twice weekly once the season starts. And follow him on his Twitter page, at Mike Rothstein. Mike, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes. No problem. Thanks for having me. You got it. We'll be back. Hitting hard with John Chuckery. Back on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta in the search browser. Hit that subscribe button. 3,000 subscribers strong and growing every day. Leave us a comment there. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Lost in all the shuffle of the uh, Atlanta Falcons preseason win. And obviously football cranked up. The Atlanta Braves had a big weekend where they took all four games against the Miami Marlins. Look, the Braves right now are on a six-game winning streak. And now this sets up, starting tonight, this is what it's all about, right? Mid-August, postseason, on the line, right? Pennant race, division race. This is what I love about baseball, right? We get Mets and Braves for a four-game set at Truist Park coming up this week, right? Both teams are red hot. Braves have won six in a row. What are the Mets? The Mets are 18 and two in their last 20. They've been outstanding. You have some good pitching matchups coming up over these next few days. Carrasco versus Strider tonight. Morton versus Walker. And then Wednesday will be Odorizzi versus Scherzer. And then Thursday, to cap things off, Kyle Wright and Jacob deGrom. Doesn't get much better than that. Two of the best pitchers in baseball hooking up out there. Look. Here's what I'm going to say, okay? 
if the Braves are going to win the division, they have to win three out of four tonight, this week. Have to win three out of four against the Mets. If you're going to tell me that we're, I don't not two, not one, certainly can't get swept, but if the Braves are going to go and win this division, they have to win this series. Not tie it, they have to win. You have to pick up some games on the Mets because once this four games is done, three games in October, the first week of October, first few days of October, that's it. That's it. So if you don't do it now, it's you have to play the scoreboard game. What are we doing? What are they doing? Beep, bada, boop, bada, bop. They have some bad teams. You got some bad teams. By the way, are we still on this? The Braves don't beat all the, the fluff teams and all that. The pawn scum, low life, dirt bag, Marlins and stuff. Anyway, sorry. Um, but look, you have to take three out of four tonight. And and obviously the Braves have had their struggles against the New York Mets this year. They're four and eight against the Mets this year. They've been outscored so far in the season. It's been 55 to 48 that they have been outscored by the Mets. You got to get some things figured up and cranked up. You're not going to, here's what's not going to happen against the New York Mets. This is not what you're not going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to just go out and slug your way through it. Okay. We're so used to the Braves playing home run ball. By the way, did we not call Matt Olson? Huh? When I speak, things get done. We talked about Matt Olson on Friday. I said, give me three homers. What do you do? He went out and got you three homers, right? You're welcome. When I speak, the Braves listen. They have this little phone in their clubhouse that in the dugout there that they've always got me on. YouTube, Odyssey, whatever, they've always got me on out there. So we told you about Matt Olson having to get things cranked up and going, and he did just that. But the Braves are not going to just slug their way. You're not going to slug your way through Scherzer and DeGrom and Carrasco and those guys, right? So you're going to have to find a way, make sure Ronnie, Dan's begin on base. Move some guys along. Steal a base here. But by, by the way, um, for some of those that thought I overreacted to um, Grissom, you know, on Grissom, um, here's a list of all the players since 1901 that have scored a run in their first five games as an Atlanta Brave. Juan Grissom has done it, and that's it. There's your list out there. There are two young guys, Harris and Grissom, are outstanding. You love seeing those guys up, right? Those guys are providing a spark. Let's see Strider get some things going tonight. This is what it's all about, right? This is this is baseball. This is what you love about baseball. Mid-August must win for the Braves, and they have to go out there and get it done. If for nothing else, to show that they are right there with the New York Mets as far as hanging and banging with them, right? You know, you go out and lose three out of four in this in this set, whatever like that. I can tell you the division race is done at that point. You lose three or four to the Mets in this series, division race is all but about done. Because trying to catch up seven or eight games, because it's five and a half right now, right? Trying to catch up seven or eight games when you don't play anybody head-to-head, you see how difficult that's been for the Braves, right? You see how tough it's been to try to really chip into this lead. You got it down to a half and one game, then it blew back up, right? So this series, if it's all about winning the division, it starts tonight. And Braves are going to have to offensively figure out some things. You know, they're going to have to play a little bit of small ball. You're going to have to get some guys on base. You're going to have to use your speed. You're going to have to put pressure on the Mets' defense and pitching staff. You're not going to be able to just sit back and homer your way through it all, which the Braves can do against the Marlins and the Nats and the Pirates and those teams, right? They can slug, outslug those teams. 
you can't outslug the Mets. Not, and I'm not talking about matching up offensively. I'm talking about Scherzer's not going out and giving you four homers. DeGrom's not going to give up three homers in a game. Carrasco's not going to go up and give three homers in a game. You're going to have to beat them a different way. And the Braves have all the capability in the world of doing it. You know, Ronnie's been cranking things up and getting it going. You love Dansby. You love at the bottom of the order with Grissom and Michael Harris and what those guys. Look, those guys were why you won yesterday, right? They brought you back in that game, right? So, you know, the very top of the order, the very bottom of the order is really getting some good things done for the Atlanta Braves right now. It's that middle part, you know, getting Olsen, Riley, Darno, Contreras, Ozuna. <laughs> Whew. But Ozuna's at bats yesterday. Anyway, um, we've already ranted about all of that. Um, you know, there's got to be, look, bring back Gorman Thomas or Rob Deere. Bring back somebody other than Marcelo Ozuna now. But anyway, that's fine. Whatever. Look, the middle of that order, you know, they got to get some, you know, they got to be able to drive in some runs without just slugging it through. You know, when those guys at the bottom and the top are getting on base and creating havoc and get some things done, you need to be able to hit a single to the opposite field. You need to be able to hit a fly ball when you need it. You need to be able to advance some runners along. It's a little bit different style, right? When The Braves are not built to play small ball. I get that, okay? But there's an old saying, improvise, adapt, and overcome, right? Because let me tell you what's not going to work. It's not going to work to sit back and just wait for three-run homers against that Mets pitching staff. And, it, and, and there's a reason why the Braves are four and eight against the Mets, you know, this year, because it, it, it's not, those are not great matchups. So it all starts up tonight. This is everything we could ask for, right? Braves, Mets hooking up here for one of the last times. And don't forget too, you know, the other sneaky part is if you don't get some things done against the Mets, don't stub your toe this weekend because don't look now, here comes the Houston Astros. And yeah, we talk about winning the World Series, and I get all that. I understand all that. But the Houston Astros are one of the best clubs in all of Major League Baseball. They're coming right in behind the Mets uh, as well. And as it sits right now, I think the Braves are going to get lucky that they're not going to see Verlander. Thank God. Not going to see Verlander out there. But listen, tonight would be a great night for Strider to go out and have another monumental performance. This is where you'd love to see Strider go out tonight and throw six innings, 12 strikeout ball, with just a run given up. That would be a great start. And then knock Carrasco around a little bit. The Braves have had some success here and there against Carrasco. Try to knock him around a little bit before you get to Scherzer and DeGrom. Because let me tell you, last time that didn't go very well for the Braves when they lined up against Scherzer and DeGrom, right? And it doesn't go well for a lot of teams when they line up against those guys. So super excited for this series to get cranked up and going. Braves are going to have to approach this, I think, a little bit different way. But I want to see playoff caliber Braves baseball. I want to see a team that's aggressive. I want to see them manage aggressively. You have to put your eggs in the basket of we have to win three out of four. If they're going to win another division title, it starts tonight. This next set of games, four with the Mets, three with the Astros, will go a long way to deciding what is going to happen. So we'll be talking about this all week long, obviously, here on the show. But let's hope for a good outing by Strider uh, tonight. Let's see if the Braves offense can get some things cranked up and going. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuckery your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen every day. Mark is back talking all things Atlanta sports. Of course, opinions you may not always like, but you know you got to listen in to Mark. 
Check him out. He's free and available on our YouTube page at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Again, over 3,000 subscribers. Thank you for that. Appreciate everybody being a part of our growing community. Free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. And, of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. We'll take a look and see what the Braves and Mets did in game one. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. 